0: You know what's worse than failing? It's not even trying. What's the point of being here if you don't give things a shot? That's what we're all about on this podcast, but we're here to minimise failures, which is why we've partnered with Yotpo for this series. Yotpo has helped thousands of e-commerce businesses of all sizes to grow. Or, put another way, they've helped thousands of cool D2C brands not fail. You know the former footballer turned founder Hal Robson-Khanu? His company, the Turmeric Co, saw a 600% revenue increase after just two years with Yotpo's reviews and loyalty features. Well, that could be because of loads of things, I hear you say. But the proof's in the conversion pudding, and Wolfson Brands increased their ROI on their order flows by 49 times by adding Yotpo's SMS bump. Wild. Plus, your customers can now buy things by replying to texts you send through Yotpo. They don't even need to be on your website. Less friction means better conversion. So... If you're in e-commerce and want to reduce your chances of failure, then check out Yotpo.com slash secret. That's Y-O-T-P-O dot slash secret.
1: I remember I woke up March 12th, 2020. I woke up, I had like a huge fever and actually I had COVID. So I woke up with COVID that morning and I was like, damn, how can I do it? Am I going to close my, my gym for like a week? Am I going to close my gym for like 10 days because of me like, you know,
0: being infested? That's Benjamin Chemler talking about his experience in early 2020 before the wheels came off his business. From Secret Leaders, I'm Dan Murray-Serta and this is our bite-sized series dedicated to failure. Failure is far more common and interesting than success. You learn so much more from it. I know I have, and I've failed a bunch of times, but it's hardly ever talked about. We want to change that with the help of founders like Benjamin who are sharing their toughest moments and what they've taken from them. So who's Benjamin? Well, he's been an entrepreneur for a decade. He co-founded the massive on-demand delivery business Stuart in 2015. And at the time of publishing this episode in 2022, he's the co-founder and CEO of Shares, a just-launched app which makes investing a social experience. It's pretty hot right now. But between his successes, there was a high-profile failure, and that's what we're diving into today. Benjamin had founded a group of gyms in New York City called Fit House in 2017. Things had been going great. Classes were running on everything from boxing to yoga. Investors had put up over $10 million and he was turning a profit. But COVID struck in early 2020 and before it hit his business, it hit Benjamin hard.
1: I remember like the whole like morning, I was like, Am I going to tell my, my colleagues? Should I tell them? So, midday, I reached out to them and I had like almost 100 employees. And I said, Guys, I'm sorry. I realized that I have COVID. We need to let know everyone in the company. And I took a decision that now like seems like obvious, but back then I was like super brave. I decided to close all my jeans that specific day, And back then we didn't have to, but I thought that that was the right thing to do because I had COVID and I was myself in the jeans like several days before. So I shut down my jeans that day and I sent a message to all the members. And we had like, we had, like several like thousands of members in our jeans, but I told them, As a president of the company, I have to share this news with you. I'm doing well, but I actually have all the symptoms. I think I have COVID and so on. So we have decided to shut down the gym for one week. We'll let you know shortly when uh, we can reopen. And actually, we've never been able to reopen the gyms. And that's the crazy thing, because I remember the mindset I was that specific day. So then, you know, between March and September, I've been trying hard to find a new business model, to reinvent our company model. But we were a brick and mortar concepts. We had like gyms, concierge, trainers, and members that were eventually people that were living or working close by our gyms. A month later, we launched a fitness online concept based on what we were doing in our gyms, but like a physical, ver- I mean, an online version of it. But it was so hard, the market, the competition was like so high, you know, like all of a sudden, anyone with like just a camera and an access to a Zoom platform could become a player. There was no barrier to entry. So everyone was competing online, trying to sell like online classes. It was insane. But me as an entrepreneur, it's, it's easier to communicate on successes than on like uh, failures. But I didn't want to fail. Even if it was a bit because of COVID, I mean, the, reason, the main reason why I was failing was because COVID, it was really hard for me to assume that I was failing. You know, like just a few months before, I had raised like 10 million, I was backed by great investors. I had a lot of friends, business angels that had invested in the company. And all of a sudden, all the value that I had created was like almost turned to zero. At first, I could not face it. So I've tried. I've been trying hard to launch like all these concepts online that I believed in. But after eight months, I decided to move back to France for just a few weeks. And that's really when, back in France, after almost like a year and a half not being in Europe, I took like just a step back and I realized that it's fine. Like you cannot win all the time. You cannot like succeed all the time. And now is the time to like assume that you cannot like create something super unique online right now. There's way too much competition. And so you need to face the reality. And so the hardest thing to me was to reach out to all my uh, former employees, the ones that were like still involved with the company, I remember that day was really a hard decision cause we had like create such a great team. So we had this like call and I took the time to speak to them like one by one and explain them that unfortunately uh, there's nothing that we can do. And we have to, you know, make this like decision. That was probably the hardest call. I took a decision at first. I wanted to keep my HQ team, like the, the close uh, C-suite, C-suite team, with me, so instead of like fur- getting everyone furloughed, I kept like about I think eight nine people, and almost till the end. And with these people, I was like fighting, trying to uh, pivot from like a fitness concept to an online fitness concept, and it was quite hard because these people they had like not necessarily the right experience. Like I remember back then, my head of operation, retail operation, so she was the one who was running the retails. She became head of customer acquisition online. It's crazy; like she changed like totally her role, like one hundred eighty percent, and she became a totally different person. And between you and I, she was quite good. That's the funny part of it. She, she was quite good. And, uh, and fun fact: now she works in marketing online. So she also changed her career following this uh, event. These people they were in, like fabulous. You know, they were super involved, trying to do their best to make it work. But as a founder, I was quite lonely. I had like to support all this risk. Um, I was seeing like our capital being like very, sh- we were like short in cash and it was really hard. I was doing my best, managing like the landlords. Landlords, they were really like, you know, out there on me, like trying to, you know, be paid. Like the, the whole thing was like super hard. So I would say like two phases. The phase one, we had to furlough most of the company. And so the phase two after months of fighting with this like small team, that's when I had to announce to them that we were like almost like out of cash and there was nothing that we can do. And that was hard because like seeing how hard they had to fight for it, that was really a hard time. And the second ones that was quite hard is when I reached out to all my investors. Some of them were like VCs, but others were like friends, you know, uh, business angels, they had supported me and they did not understand, you know, like some of them told me, man, you have to fight. You have to keep fighting, you know, like you created something unique. It's a hard time, but you have to wait and maybe in a couple of weeks, months, maybe years, you're going to be able to reopen your spaces and reoperate them. It's, I mean, we have invested in you, we believed in you, and it was really hard. At a certain point, I would even think, I was even thinking about myself, like, am I the best at what I was doing? Is there anything else that I can do where I'm going to be better at? And um, it took me some time. But it is pretty when I started to think about the idea of shares, which is my uh, current company. And so I reached out to all my investors and I told them, guys, I'm 32 years old. This is uh, just my third company. I haven't even started yet. It's just the beginning, you know? There are many things that I can do. And I'm sure that now I'm at this point in my life where I know that I can create much more value, starting something from scratch, which much more potential and where eventually I'm gonna even be better at, right? And so I said, instead of like keeping fighting for something that unfortunately cannot get back to what it was, I'm gonna start something from scratch. Be prepared, in a couple of weeks or months, I might reach out and I will give you for free some shares in my company upfront. And so I did. And so like a few months later, I reached out to them, telling them about shares. At first, honestly, they all thought I was crazy. They were like, What this guy who started as a lawyer and then who, uh, you know, create a logistic tech company and then a fitness retail concept in New York, what is this guy doing now in FinTech? He doesn't know anything about FinTech. And and so how can he believe that he's going to create something huge in this space? But somehow they trusted me and they took the shares. And so I gave a significant percentage of my company upfront for free to my previous investors. Only two months later, I reached out to them and I had raised $10 million and the company was like on track for success. So, you know, it's like just like, I think a significant example of like a rebound, but the only way for a rebound to happen is to give up something.
0: In the end, Benjamin's business was another casualty of the pandemic, but he's moved on and bounced back with his startup, Shares. I wonder how he looks back on this failure, though, now that the dust has settled.
1: I think my main advice is failure is okay really like failure is okay uh it's part of the process actually in europe we don't really uh, like people that did fail i mean we use not to in the us it happens a lot you know when someone had successes it's interesting but when some someone had like some um failures it's even more interesting and actually VCs they like when like an entrepreneur comes and pitch a new concept, but he's also capable of explaining what didn't work in the past, what mistakes he did, and the reason why um, he's not gonna do them again, and what he learned. And that's actually something that I want to tell people: like failure is okay. And you know, you have always this feeling when you're like running a company, it's like when you're like driving a, a fast car. And you have the feeling that you you cannot control your car anymore, and you're just gonna crash. But the crash is okay. You know you can just like crash, leave your car as long as you're capable of explaining people that you did your best. And eventually, uh, if you can do something like what I did, you know you can give some shares or find a way to have your former investor being still part of your new venture. It's even better. But it's just like life is short, but it's also like too short to go crazy with failures but also like long enough to have like several occasions to succeed. So, failure is okay. My really main point here is like failure is okay.
0: You've been listening to our bite-sized series dedicated to failure, which it turns out is quite motivational. Not because it makes you even more scared of failing, but quite the opposite. A failure isn't going to define you. Failure's okay. In fact, as long as you take the lessons from it, it might just end up being the best thing that ever happens to you. We'll be back next week with another bite-sized episode diving into someone's biggest career failure. If you like what you heard, please follow us in your podcast app and share the episode with someone who needs to hear it. See you next week.